Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello again. I'm John Gidley and welcome to another trip into the football attic. Since a certain holiday is this Thursday, it seemed right to tell a story involving the National Football League on Thanksgiving, one of America's great traditions. Today we're going to talk about a game that put the turkey in Turkey Day, but also left a big impact on the NFL, a 1968 clash between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. This episode will focus more so on the Eagles and how they sabotaged their own chances for a number one draft pick. First, a little backstory. The Eagles head coach during this era was Joe Kiharik, who had formerly led the Chicago Cardinals, the Washington Redskins, and Notre Dame. After two mediocre seasons, Kiharik's Eagles broke through in 1966 by going 9-5, their first winning season in five years. They tied the Cleveland Browns for second place in the NFL's Eastern Division, a game and a half behind the Dallas Cowboys. That offseason, sensing that his team was headed for greatness, Philadelphia owner Jerry Woolman signed Kiharik to a 15-year contract extension. While Eagles fans were certainly optimistic about the future, they were equally skeptical as to whether or not Kiharik deserved such an outrageous extension. Their skepticism was validated beginning in 1967 when Philadelphia turned in an unimpressive 6-7-1 season. The worst, however, was still yet to come. The 1968 Eagles are regarded by many historians as one of the worst teams in NFL history. Their season began with a 30-13 loss at Green Bay and only went downhill from there. As the losses began to pile up, a plane would routinely hover around Eagles games on Sunday afternoons with a simple yet effective banner reading, Joe must go, while the cries for Kiharik's head echoed around Franklin Field. The fans' angst, however, soon turned into what could be described as cynical optimism. Knowing that the Eagles were the worst team in football, Philadelphia realized there was a very good chance of obtaining the first pick in the 1969 draft. This almost certainly meant drafting USC running back O.J. Simpson. For those of you born after 1994, you may be surprised to learn that Simpson was once a football player. In 1968, the Juice racked up 2,091 all-purpose yards with 23 touchdowns, earning him one of the easiest Heisman Trophy selections ever. As Eagles fans began to imagine number 32 running roughshod over the rest of the NFL, their team kept losing and losing and losing. They dropped to 0-11 with a 47-13 blowout loss at Cleveland on November 24th. Four days later, Philadelphia was set to play in Detroit the Eagles' first Thanksgiving Day game since 1940. Back when the Lions were really the Lions, they played outside at Tiger Stadium. You're forgiven if you don't remember this era, as Detroit has played their home games indoors since 1975. The weather in the Motor City on November 28, 1968 was suitable for one event and one event only, football. The temperature was 42 degrees. Rain fell steadily throughout the day. The field at Tiger Stadium was resorted to mud, and it was beautiful. The game itself, however, was far from beautiful, even on paper. The Lions entered with three wins, seven losses, and two ties, having not won a game since October 13th. As you know, the Eagles came in at 
It's not often that fans hope for their team to lose, but desperate times in Philadelphia called for desperate measures. Even if it meant going 0-14, drafting O.J. Simpson was worth it. Instead, the aforementioned dreams of number 32 in green and white were washed away in the Detroit downpour. Neither team could get a single thing going offensively. Eagles quarterback Norm Sneed went 6-for-15 with 55 passing yards. His counterpart, Greg Landry, went 7-of-15 for 66 yards and three interceptions. The only skill player that had a productive day was Philadelphia running back Tom Wodashik, who ran for 79 yards on 27 carries. Good field positioning as a result of Wodashik's running and the Lions' four turnovers put Eagles kicker Sam Baker in field goal range four times, and he split the uprights on each occasion. Thanks in large part to the weather, Philadelphia's defense, routinely one of the worst in football, pitched their first shutout since 1955, beating Detroit 12 to nothing and entering the win column for the first time in 1968. The slim chance the Eagles had at the number one draft pick was gone by the next week when they won yet again, beating the New Orleans Saints 29-17 and infuriating their fans. Just when you want them to lose, they win. Their final game of the season has gone down in history not just in Philadelphia, but in all of sports. It was a day that supposedly solidified Philly fans' reputation as being harsh and unrelenting. At halftime of their otherwise meaningless season finale against the Minnesota Vikings, the fans did indeed boo Santa Claus and throw snowballs at him. This wasn't the whole story, however. The man who was originally scheduled to play Santa in the halftime Christmas pageant at Franklin Field never made it to the stadium because of inclement weather in the Philadelphia area. Needing a quick replacement, Eagles personnel noticed a fan in the stands wearing a Santa suit. The rest of the crowd, recognizing that the festivities were hastily assembled and still stewing over a bitter end to the season, took their anger out on the poor guy by pelting him with snowballs. The Eagles lost to the Vikings 24-17 in what turned out to be Joe Kaharick's final game as head coach. Their 2-12 record was only good for the third pick in the 1969 draft. After the Buffalo Bills obviously took O.J. Simpson with the number one pick, and the Atlanta Falcons selected Notre Dame offensive lineman George Coons, Philadelphia used their choice on Purdue running back Leroy Keyes. In fairness, Keyes totaled over 1,400 scrimmage yards and 15 touchdowns for the Boilermakers in 1968, and finished second in the Heisman voting behind Simpson. His college success never did translate to the pros, however. In his rookie season, Keyes ran for only 361 yards and three touchdowns. After missing most of the 1970 season due to injury, the Eagles switched him to defense. He was decent as a strong safety, but never noteworthy. Keyes' last season in the NFL was 1973, the same year that O.J. Simpson became the first running back ever to run for 2,000 yards. All in all, a bad time to be an Eagles fan, and it all started on that dreary Thanksgiving day in Detroit. Thanks for joining me for this trip into the football attic, and I hope to see you again next week. In the meantime, check out all the other great podcasts here on the Sports History Network, and follow me on Twitter at JFG Sports. I'm John Gidley, and for all of us at the Sports History Network, have a very happy Thanksgiving. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I hope that you enjoyed this recent episode presented by the Sports History Network and were able to learn some good old-fashioned sports history knowledge nuggets. I started the Sports History Network back in 2020 with the mission to help podcasters find a community of like-minded sports history nerds as well as helping aspiring podcasters to start their own shows. We have a little bit over 30 shows on the network right now covering all sorts of sports history, but as far as I'm concerned, We're just at the toothpick in the ocean moment, you know, that can't even figure it out because there's so much more coming. We wanted to create the ultimate headquarters for sports yesteryear. 
starting with Podcast Network and our website, but we're going to continue to move into other mediums as well. And here's the cool part, because we want you to be part of our team. So if you're interested in starting your own podcast, or maybe being a guest on one of our shows, or who knows, maybe even writing an article for us over on the website. Seriously, all you got to do is reach out to us on the contact page over at sportshistorynetwork.com. You can be as technologically savvy as a Neanderthal tapping on a stone trying to figure out this whole hieroglyphics thing back in the day. Again, it doesn't matter, because even if you don't understand the whole podcast space, we have a production team that can pretty much help you out with doing everything. All you got to do, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com, head to the contact page, fill it out. That message goes right to me, and I'll reach out to you as soon as I can. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through.